Now, if you happen to be uh, starting to lose your hair, how much uh, do you spend? I mean, do you spend a lot of time thinking about it? Uh, you just spend a few minutes, maybe a couple, uh, maybe a bunch of times per day. Um, that's time you're not going to get back. And worrying about hair loss is a lot of drama you don't need in your life, especially when you, you know, could be working to fix it pretty easily with Keeps. Keeps offers the doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair treatments, and it has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. And they know what they're doing. They've, you know, they built a business on this and people rely on it. They use the generic versions of the medications. You're going to pay, you know, about half the cost as you would in other places. And you can do everything online. You just answer a few easy questions. You snap a couple of pictures of your hair and a licensed doctor will review your information and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. And then it's uh, shipped right to your door. No no hassles. If you have questions along the way, you can message your Keeps doctor 24-7 and track your progress. Keeps.com slash save is the place to go. Get 50% off your first order. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash save. It's Keeps.com slash save. Welcome to the program. I am going to start with some great news. Really great news. Why is the left so freaked out? Why is the left trying to suppress so much stuff? Because they know they're losing and they don't know why. And I'm going to tell you because they never listen to me. They they will deny what I'm about to tell you. But it's true and I'll show you evidence of it in 60 seconds. Before we start the commercials too, I just want you to think, what is the strength of the left? What is the one thing that they have that we've never had? Think about that, and I'll ask you for an answer on that in a second. The strength of the left. Uh, Your identity and your money belong to you. You've worked hard to build up what you have, and no doubt you'd like to keep it. There are people whose goal in life every day is to get online and separate you from your identity, separate you from your cash, separate you from your bank account numbers. Uh, There are so many ways that will destroy your credibility, your good credit, uh, and put you in real danger. It's cybercrime. No one can prevent all cybercrime and identity theft or monitor all transactions. But LifeLock by Norton is the best in the business. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Get this off your plate so you don't ever have to worry about it. You have enough you're working on. Call 800-LIFELOCK. Let them take charge of your financial security. LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. So, Stu, what is the strength of the left that we don't have? Uh, lack of shame. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're getting there. Okay, all right. Yeah. We, we don't have that. Okay. Um, 
That's that's an interesting one. I mean, I think I, I watch these back and forths all the time, mm-hmm. and there is an ability that the left has uh, that they don't seem to care at all. Like, you know, give me give you a high level example here. The Supreme Court the other day, you know, they. Uh, um, Sotomayor is like you just you you I mean I can't believe you'd come yeah. back here and just overturn a case like right. this there is there is absolute precedent when these things happen I and mean, you can't just be changing them all the time and then you go back and look at her personal history where she uh, two years after Heller is decided on the second amendment th- votes to overturn it mm-hmm. uh, within the Chicago case like the, the, I don't know like I have a thing in me I think you have this thing in you. I do. That like, there's an internal pull when you realize, oh my gosh, am I going down a hypocritical road of some sort? Mm-hmm. You know, am, am and I, you don't always see it. Yeah, it's but they seem it. to never. They see seem it. to never see it, never and I think maybe it. they do see it and adjust power right through it, which is something I don't know. Okay. It does happen on the right, but is way so, more common on the left. I think you could look in an evil way as that as being a skill of theirs or a talent or <laughs> okay. a, yes. an asset. But that's kind of an evil thing. Sure. They actually have, they've mastered something that we can't find our butt, uh, you know, if it was right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And that is storytelling. Mm. We suck at storytelling we suck at telling the american story we suck at i mean you're a religious guy Mm -hmm. i know you've seen the really bad christian movies (laughs) right where if where the whole intent is somebody saying let's see if we can bring the audience to jesus yeah like it's it's ham-handed right right and it's always like you know, the very last scene, it's somebody that says, I want to be baptized. I'm a Christian now. I understand the power of Jesus Christ in my life. And you're like, okay. Oh. And now everything's wonderful and I have right. no more problems. It's as they are right. as bad as, I mean, they make the Hallmark Channel look good yes. and surprising. Now, some of them have improved over the years. No, yeah, but, no, no, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. Mm-hmm. That's the way we've always been. Yes. But we're getting better at that now mm-hmm. because the only one that ever got this in the old days was Mel Gibson with The Passion of the Christ. Okay. Right. That was just a great movie. And he knew the secret is make a great movie. So what we've always done is we've always said make a point, get people to open their eyes. Well, that's not a great movie, okay? And and so it fails. Have you seen the Santa thing that is on HBO with Sarah Silverman and uh, what's the other guy? Um, Seth Rogen. No. Okay. Nobody will. It is horrible, okay? (laughs) It's claymation. It's a series. I don't even know how many episodes it is. It's just foul, but the... But the the storyline is, why isn't there a female Santa? And it's just woke bullcrap, mm-hmm. okay? Not funny, not entertaining. They're just expecting people to watch it because it's claymation, okay? Hmm. Yeah, well, that's right on the tip of everyone's tongue right now. Okay. I want to watch more claymation. Claymation, okay. So, well, it's Christmas and it's Santa claymation, sure. so you're like, ah, oh, the kids will love it. But it's just vile, yeah. just vile. And it's 
just a commercial for wokeism. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, you were talking to me about Leonardo DiCaprio's new movie. Yes. What's it called? Um, I don't know. It's it's, don't. Is it don't look up? Don't look up. Don't look up. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's about a uh, an asteroid coming to Earth, and it's got everybody who's anybody in it. Yeah, and it's produced by Adam McKay, who's like Will Ferrell's partner. He does you know Succession and you know all the big all these big movies, and so it's a big project. Now the thing that that thought went through my mind when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh wow, this looks good. Oh, it's going to be a message movie, but it looks pretty good. And then I saw Meryl Streep and I went, okay, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Um, However, um, you said yesterday, it's going to be a stupid message movie, but it looks like it's got the right people in it to still be good. It could be. Yeah. It looks like it's a good, a well done project, uh, you know, even though so you think it might be funny, uh, even Mm -hmm. though they're making some dumb global warming point. Film critics are saying it's smug shrill and obvious really yeah that's Um, encouraging here the filmmaker has stumbled too far from the path and he can no longer see the forest for the trees he's created a smug shrill obvious satire that has nothing to say other than humanity is screwed but see even the critic says it has nothing to say they have become us and we are becoming them Mm. We are finally getting, you gotta tell a good story. Leave it at that. Don't push the horse's face in the water. Hey, water's over there. And make it an entertaining trip. And let them decide to do something with it. There's, I watch movie after movie, and this, is, this has been one of their strengths. You'll watch movie after movie, and you will see the subtle softening of things you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but it's it's not like an anti-smoking movie it's just they've taken smoking out uh it's not a hey everybody should have sex it's just shows that you're everybody is having sex before they get married you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and and they'll admit that for the things that they you know correct if you say like oh you're trying to slip in this propaganda they'll deny it initially and then 20 years later there's a documentary about how yeah oh absolutely that's what we were doing but in their arrogance and in their crazy desperation they think we'll put up with it we're already out of the movie theaters we're already on it And the only thing that needed to happen was other people making a good product that entertained us. That's around the corner from the right. We are winning on so many fronts. We are. It's going to be a race against the clock. But we they know they're in trouble, but they also don't know. They they, they are as blind as we were. I mean, I, I remember seeing these movies and sitting in movie theaters because I'm a big movie fan and I'd watch these Christian movies and I'd be like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why, why, why? You didn't need to go that far and you would have been able to get a bigger audience and they would have been able to see it. And now we're starting to do that. And now we're going to be the good storytellers and they are just so convinced they're right and they're so freaked out that and so arrogant that they're just going to come out and say it they're in a losing position and the power is about to flip and i think that is really great news
Let me give you some other good news. Survey 6,500 American adults, Pew Research, found that Americans hold religious convictions, including a deep and abiding belief in God, a belief in heaven and hell, and a belief that God is not to blame for human suffering and that human suffering can be used for good. This is out of step. I'll give more details on this, but this is completely out of step. And I am, I, you know, I told you earlier this week, I'm going through the teenage years with my kids. And gosh, it has been a battle, a battle to get, keep them on the right path. You know, you used to be able to, you used to be able to go home and close the door and your family was safe. Not anymore because of the Internet. And I want to talk to Stu about this because he's at the beginning of where I was five years ago. And it's impossible, impossible to stop that unless you just there's no electronics and there is no way into the Internet. And we're not listening. I'm sorry. Our kids are hearing things that we didn't say. And we are not communicating clearly enough. My son has this thing that I, could, I can't understand where he just doesn't think he's going to be successful because, because I'm so successful. And he's like, how could I ever compete with you? And I'm like, you, you shouldn't. I, A, I won the lottery. Okay. Have you listened to my show, son? It's not a lot of talent. It's the lottery. I am a blessed man. And, um, and, and it's not about fame and fortune and all of that. So stop thinking that. And he's, he's been so lost with what he has to do. And, you know, he doesn't know and blah, 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 blah. I wrote something for my son and I want to share it to you because I shared it to him. Uh, I shared it with him last night. I said, I wrote something for you, and I want you to listen to it. I told my son he would change the world. He thought I meant that he would build spaceships and go to Mars or cure cancer, or that he would become president and lead America into a new chapter. That he could do anything, and he would accomplish great things if he just put his mind to it. That his new ideas would subdue the earth and his generation would have dominion over the paradise that they had created. I told him he would change the world, but I think he misunderstood me. He thought, I said, he has to be important to matter. He thought, I said, that he had to be extraordinary. He thought, I told him, you have to get into the best school. You have to make the most money. You have to be the best at your job in whatever field. You have to receive the most renown. I think that's what my son heard, but that's not what I said. He didn't know that I was talking about the miracles of an average life. Kindness. Love, commitment, charity. He didn't know that what I meant was 
keep your word and show up on time. He didn't know that I meant help your mom at home, open doors for your sister or women. He didn't know that it was never about college or money or fame. I said those words to him, but he didn't hear them. When I told him he would change the world, he didn't realize how little renown that may bring. He didn't realize how simple that may be. He didn't realize he didn't have to cure cancer. He just needs to love his family. He didn't realize he didn't have to build spaceships with Elon Musk. He just needed to be a good neighbor. My son needs to know in a broken world, an unbroken spirit can change everything. In a broken world, just a little bit of kindness and order will make all the difference. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's the Tuttle Twins Books. This is an absolute must if you are struggling with your kids at home uh, and you feel like, oh my gosh, they're getting lost. Begin if you have young kids with the Tuttle Twins book. If you have uh, young adults in your house like my kids, start them on the Tuttle Twins books. Um, this, is, this is a must on your shopping uh, list for your grandkids and your kids and read them. Read them with the kids. Our country going through a massive upheaval of its moral center right now. We don't know who we are. We don't know what we stand for. And evil is attracted to an intellectual and moral vacuum. We need real education. Well, the Tuttle Twins have toddlers and children's books that explore the principles of freedom using stories and pictures. And they even have a free market curriculum with lessons that explore how free markets work so your kids can understand supply and demand and inflation and how government intervention actually affects the economy. I'm telling you, you read these books with your kids and you get them hooked on learning and learning things that actually matter. We can change the world. A must on your Christmas list. TuttleTwinsBeck.com Get the books and the curriculum for all kids and teenagers in your life. There's a holiday discount of 40% off. And you can get the workbooks for free. Give them to your kids. Give them to your country. The Gift of Liberty. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com 10 seconds. Station ID. Mark Meadows is joining me at the top of next hour. I don't know if you heard the news yesterday, but he is suing the uh, January 6th committee. Um, he says it's a setup. He's going to talk to us about that. Uh, bottom of next hour, Bill O'Reilly is going to be with us for a few minutes. I want to talk to him about Ukraine. Uh, this, you know, I can't believe, I think it was the Washington Post I read that uh, Joe Biden put down a red line for Vladimir Putin. Oh, I hope it's a good red line like it was for Barack Obama, because that'll make us even safer. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy what uh, this White House is doing. By the way, I don't know if you know this. On Monday, 
uh, Kamala Harris because she thought, I'm just not popular. People just don't like me. What can I do to change that? She met with Cora Masters Barry. Now, this is Marion Barry, his wife. Um, and uh, she is with the Black Women Leaders and Allies. And she met with her. Um, and if you don't know who she is, this is the woman that when they were talking about white women voting more for Republican candidates, she said, F the white. Sorry. Excuse me. Forget the white women. They're going to do what white men tell them to do. They'll smile in your face. They just want to stay in charge. I don't care nothing about them, which I believe is a double negative. We got to do what we got to do. She said, I'm not saying that everybody who voted for Trump is wearing a white sheet, but they've got one in their closet. And it comes out when we start messing with the economic balance or the balance of power. This is so ignorant and so stupid. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, you know, I don't know his policies, but there are two people. I know one's policies and I wouldn't vote for him. And that's a white guy, Tom Hanks. But if he ran, I think he'd win because there'd be a lot of people that go, he's trustworthy because of his movie image. The other one is Denzel Washington. And I don't know his point of view. Everybody always you know, puts, puts their kind of hopes into a vessel. And you're like, maybe Denzel Washington is one of ours. Maybe, maybe, he's, maybe he thinks like I think. I'd vote for him in a heartbeat. Who cares what color you are? It's the content of your character. And Kamala Harris doesn't understand that. And, no. just, <laughs> and just to be uh, even more popular, she's meeting with the radical left uh, as the vice president of the United States. In their arrogance, they will expose themselves, entrap themselves, and destroy themselves. And we're watching it happen in real time. Now, what do we do? Instead of celebrate or go, yeah, look at how crazy that is. What are we doing in a positive front to make ourselves stronger, thus making our country stronger? This is the Glenn Beck Program. Out on the dust-bitten trail when the sun had gone to bed for the night and the, and the herd finally quieted down, us cowboys gathered around the chuck wagon to see what old Cookie had prepared for us. Uh, we had strung up our last cook because he, all he prepared was beans for dinner and beef jerky for snacks. What's it going to be, Cookie? I said as I approached the wagon. You got something good to eat? And snack on later, are you going to end up doing the air dance? Cookie cleared his throat. Well, well, I guess I still got beans for dinner. The rest of us cowboys started to circle Cookie. But for a snack, uh, we got built bars. That's right, they're high in protein and low in carbs. That didn't sit well with the rest of the cowboys. Until he said, but they taste really good and they're made with chocolate, real chocolate. Yeah, Cookie's still with us today. 
Find out why. Go to built.com. Use promo code BEC15. Get 15% off your order. Use the promo code BEC15, built.com. Get your Christmas presents at glenbeckmerch.com. Yeah, right. Use the code GLEN20 and save 20%. I love that. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I want to uh, I want to talk to you about um, a slippery slope. And I know, oh, a slippery slope. Oh, my gosh. It's not a slippery slope. This is the way life happens. You don't go from good to evil overnight. You, you, it's a slow progression. It's progress, progressive. You slowly get there. Because if you get there quickly, you're like, whoa, why am I surrounded with these people with the Nazi armbands? It starts slowly. So let me... Let me give you a couple of things first, right out of the news. Fauci, who is absolutely, I believe, a criminal. I was on Tucker Carlson last night. If you haven't seen my Fauci Lied special, go to FauciLiedSpecial.com. FauciLiedSpecial.com. I was going over it again uh, yesterday because Tucker called and said, hey, can you make this point in four minutes? And I'm like, it was a two-hour chalkboard. And I don't know if I did an effective job or not uh, with it, but um, please watch FauciLied.com. The, there, the, there is criminal goings on. Fauci now says Americans should require holiday guests to prove vaccinations. Why is anybody listening to this guy? What, 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 prove your vaccination. Why? My relatives were all together just a couple of weeks ago. My mother-in-law now has COVID. Why? Because a family member who was vaccinated sat next to her and she was vaccinated. The family member didn't know it, but had COVID and passed it on to her. Two vaccinated people. Prove you're vaccinated. What? Shut up. Shut up. 82% of Democrats, 82% of Democrats are willing to wear a face mask indoors at all times. There is a sickness going on and you are not noticing the slide into insanity. It really is insane. You're willing to wear a mask indoors. You know, you drive down the road and you see people in their car all by themselves. You watch them at the store and they'll be touching their face and their eyes and everything else. But they've got that mask on a cloth mask, which does hardly any anything at all. Then they'll get into their car. They won't have washed their hands. They'll have touched the steering wheel and everything else. And they'll either take the mask off, which now the mask, which has all the bad stuff on it. Is now sitting there in your car, in your hands, you're touching your mouth and your face in your car, or you're driving home all by yourself in the mask. What is happening? We have countries now that are putting people in internment camps, and it seems like a good idea to a lot of people. The polling is actually really good on yeah. this in Australia. Yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, they love it. 
we, we talked about this the other day. It's something like 64% of the population thinks the appropriate amount of risk they're willing to assume as a country is 100 deaths a year or less. So let me tell you a story. It's a story about hostages, Ben and his wife, Ella. They dare not speak to the Japanese fighter pilot that glared at them down the barrel of his shotgun. It was December 13th, 1941. This was six days after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. It was on a tiny little island of Nihau. It's the westernmost inhabited island on the Hawaiian chain. The tense battle was not over. Ben, a burly Hawaiian farmhand, bided his time, eyeing his captors, waiting for just the right moment. The Japanese pilot handed the shotgun to a man named Harada. And in that split second, as they took their eyes off the two hostages, Ben saw an opening that he had been waiting for. He suddenly lunged for the shotgun. The pilot raised his pistol and squeezed off three rounds at Ben. But let me take you back six days earlier. Remember, that incident happened on December, 6th, uh, December 13th. Six days earlier, it was December 7th. A man who we're going to call Kale here for short, because I have absolutely no idea how to pronounce his real Hawaiian name. He ran out of the house to investigate a loud noise that he had heard. Suddenly, a Japanese fighter plane surged into view, crash lands in front of his house. Now, this was during the second wave of the attack at Pearl Harbor. The plane was hit by U.S. fire, and the pilot had only been able to limp as far as the island of Nihau. Well, Kale pulled the, dale, the dazed pilot from the wreckage. Somehow in the process, Kale had the presence of mind to take the pilot's papers from the cockpit. And the other villagers quickly converged on the crash, crash site, and they sent for an old man named Shintani. Shintani had been born in Japan and spoke Japanese, and Shintani conversed with the pilot. Then he left the scene and didn't say anything to the uh, the uh, villagers. He just left. And so they sent for another guy named Harada, who also spoke Japanese. The pilot told Harada about the attack in Pearl Harbor, but nobody knew on Nihau about the attack on Pearl Harbor yet. So they didn't know that we were technically at war. And this guy, they just thought it was a pilot of a Japanese airplane that had been, you know, that crash landed. They had no idea what had happened. And Harada didn't tell any of the villagers. Later in the day, the villagers heard about uh, over the radio about the attack at Pearl Harbor. They realized this is one of the this is an enemy. He was he was attacking. So the Hawaiians decided to detain the Japanese uh, pilot until the proper authorities would come from Kauai. In the meantime, Harada and his wife offered to keep the pilot at their house, and the villagers agreed as long as he was kept under close watch. Four days passed, and no word from the mainland. The island residents didn't know that the Navy had imposed an emergency travel ban between the islands, and so they didn't understand why nobody was coming. Meanwhile, as the week wore on, the pilot gained the trust of Harada and his wife, and they hatched a plan. It was Friday, December 12th. The old man Shintani 
offered Kale $200 for the pilot's papers, but Kale said, I'm not giving them to you. Later that afternoon, the pilot and Harada pounced on the single villager who was on watch outside of Harada's house. They wrestled him into a nearby warehouse and locked him in it. Then they grabbed the shotgun and a pistol and made their way to Kale's house. Luckily for Kale, nature had called and he was in his outhouse and he saw them approaching his house. So he made a run for it. He ran towards the main village. Harada fired the shotgun at Kale but missed. Harada and the pilot gave up their pursuit and rushed to the plane wreckage where they tried to use the plane's radio, but it was broken. They set the plane on fire and returned to Kale's house and burned it down, too. Meanwhile, Kale and five other villagers hopped in a boat and spent the next 15 hours paddling to Kauai for help. Harada and the pilot spent hours searching the island for Kale. And shortly after dawn on Saturday, December 13th, the desperate duo came across Ben Kanehi, Kanehi Lay, I think it is, and his wife, Ella. And they, they threatened to shoot the couple if they didn't give up Kale's whereabouts. Ben knew Kale and knew that he was on his way to Kauai, but he said, I don't know. By, earlier that, by early that afternoon, Kale had contacted the authorities on Kauai, and 12 U.S. Army soldiers were on their way to Nihau to apprehend the Japanese pilot. At the same time, Harada and the pilot still held Ben and Ella at gunpoint. Ben waited for just the right moment, and it was then that the pilot handed the shotgun to Harada. Ben suddenly lunged for it. The pilot raised his pistol and squeezed off three rounds, wounding Ben in the groin, the hip, and the ribs. Somehow, Ben kept surging towards the pilot, lifting him up and slamming him into a stone wall. His wife, Ella, sprang into action, grabbing a rock and bashed the pilot's head. Then Ben pulled out the hunting knife he happened to be carrying and slit the pilot's throat. Ben and Ella then spun around and found Harada, aiming the shotgun at them. Then Harada turned the shotgun around and shot himself in the stomach. He died. When the 12 U.S. soldiers finally arrived, they rushed Ben to Kauai for medical treatment. He survived. Three gunshot wounds. Later awarded a Purple Heart. The soldiers arrested Harada's wife and the old man Shintani. This made it to the New York Times. The headline ran, Hawaiian with three bullet wounds beat Japanese airmen to death against a wall. So why am I telling you this story? And what does this have to do with anything? Because that's a hero story, right? That's a hero story. Here's somebody protecting the village. Here's somebody who did something great. But do you know what this led to? This made it into Congress's Pearl Harbor investigation known as the Roberts Commission Report. And this story alarmed Americans. What you didn't know, most likely, is that FDR, he wanted to round up the Japanese long before they even struck Pearl Harbor. He was a racist that had a problem with the Japanese people, Japanese Americans. And once this report freaked america out he used it to say it could happen to you you have japanese around you don't you think we should round them up sometimes 
you can be convinced you're doing the right thing by violating people's rights because you no longer you start to see these people as a danger because powerful people with powerful words have convinced you that those people over there are the real danger in times like these you need to keep your head and your wits and your common sense and know that people use emergencies and use fear in ways that you and our nation will regret in the end. American financing. Uh, I got a, uh, a letter from Monique. She said, I heard about American financing on your show, Glenn. They were everything you said they would be. They were quick. They were honest. They communicated the whole process from the application to the signing was so fast. I even signed it my house. It was awesome. Thank you, Monique. Thank you for listening to the program. Thank you for giving American financing a try. And I am glad they were able to help you and your family save a lot of money. This is why I trust them, why I recommend them to you. They're a family-owned business that's been helping people out like you for 20 years. They've been on this program for, gosh, over 10, maybe 12 years. They work for you, not the bank. And when you give them a call, and you should give them a call, you call them today, they're going to help you through your finances and find ways to save you money. Could be saving hundreds of dollars a month, maybe as much as a thousand. It's American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. It's American Financing or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're tuning in today. Uh, tomorrow, I am going to be in Florida. I'm going to be in Mar-a-Lago. I'm doing a, a vacation. Yeah, I'm doing an interview with uh, Donald Trump uh, for that will air in the new year, and it is going to be about the future and how do we reverse these things. What is it going to take to fix the economy? Uh, what, what do you think about inflation? What, what happens now? Russia, China. I want to talk to him about the future. Um, and uh, I'll be recording that tomorrow at uh, Mar-a-Lago. I'll be on the air, but then uh, afterwards I'm going to be recording it with uh, Donald Trump. And that will air on the Blaze TV network in January. That's going to be interesting. That's your... Is this your first sit down with him? First sit down. You've had him on the phone mm-hmm. before, but yeah, first sit down ever. I've had him on the air before, mm-hmm. uh, only once during his political career. Um, had him on the air about his TV show and everything else, but I've never had a sit down with him. Hmm. That's going to be so, interesting. Yeah, going to be real interesting. Um, so, uh, if you are looking for Christmas presents, may I suggest a few things? Sure. Uh, first of all, the um, the new book is out. Give it to somebody you love. The the great reset. It's not out. Well, it's it's right. out to buy, but mm. you will. So you can't be... give it to someone for Christmas because obviously the book is not out. You can give it in a card and say it's coming. The book is too big for a card, and then you can't but even get not... it to put in a card. All right, okay. So here's <laughs> you get it. It's called the great reset. Pre-order by... it now. Oh my God. And you can maybe get a printout of the pre-order and say, hey, this is coming to you in just a couple weeks. 
Right. There's also something that is available now, uh, and that is um, some of my artwork that I have done. Um, the originals have all sold, uh, but we made posters uh, and you can buy more expensive G clays and everything else at a gallery. But I wanted to make these posters available in case you wanted to. They're suitable for framing and they're great. And you can find them at glenbeckart.com. Glenbeckart.com makes a great Christmas gift. And they're really cool, actually. Thank uh, you. I, that hurts you to I, say it, doesn't no, it? No, it does. I, I don't like it. But then I usually can you know, follow it with something like this, which is, I wish you were as good at radio as you are at, at painting. Because then this show would be really good. Uh, and then that makes me feel better about your art uh, abilities. If, if I just had to compliment you, it would feel really wrong and if bad. I, if I leave, <laughs> if I leave this job, you know how long you'll be kicking rocks in the parking lot going, I should have been nicer to the guy. Oh, that won't, that won't, not even five minutes. Really? Yeah, not, really? not even. I honestly you know, I don't did, think it'll cross my mind. I did do an interview with Mr. Snurdly. Yeah, oh, did, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. From Rush Limbaugh's. Big, yeah. Uh, been looking guy. for a gig, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, he's better than me. You should take him right now. <laughs> This is the Glenn Beck Program.